Hey there, and welcome to the Graceland Moments podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Brown. Hey, are you in a life group, a community group, a Sunday morning group, or a weeknight group that is tied to Graceland? Well, if so, or if not, today we are talking to David Gettenbein, our executive pastor of discipleship, about community groups, the importance of them, the importance of surrounding ourselves with intentional Christian friendships that are gospel-centered. I love this conversation and the nuggets that he shared around these groups. So check out this conversation with David. Hey there, and welcome to the Graceland Moments podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Brown, and today we have back with us David Gettenbein, our executive pastor of discipleship. Did I get it? You got it. Because the last time you were here in season two... I did not get it. The title or Yes, or the title my name. was confusing. You called me, I think you called me Brian last no, time. No, I was did the, not. Yeah. I'm not that bad. <laughs> Listen, I'm a former teacher. I can get your name. That's good, yeah. In 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, now, I can't spell it. I right. still can't spell yeah. it, but I can pronounce it. Um, David, you are here talking to us about community groups. Um, I'm near and dear to my heart. I, I love my community group. We're very close, very tight-knit. Um, I've always been a part of a community group. We're going to talk about that because if you're listening, you might be like, community group? What? <laughs> Life group? Sunday school class? If you share meet on group. Share group. There are lots of different lots of words yeah. that we've used for this group. Um, this is your second time on with us. If you don't know who David is and you want to know more other than like, making an appointment to come chat with him personally, you can go check that episode out, episode 35, where we get to know you, David, your role in the church. Mm -hmm. um, but briefly, so if they if they want to do that later, briefly, what is yeah. your role here at church? Uh, discipleship role. So I just see my role as a second chair role to help facilitate an environment uh, for anybody that calls Graceland home. How, how can they become more like Jesus, which is God's goal for us. So I just try to facilitate that process. And yeah. we do that through groups. We'll do that through courses. We do that through just other <laughs> informal means. So yeah. somebody's got to pay attention to that and be thinking about that. So that's kind of my job. Awesome. Well, it's a big job because that's everybody. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, you can, you're talking about, I think the last time you were here, you said zero to a hundred. Yeah. Like you deal with everybody. Yeah. And really our, our, our volunteers, our group leaders are the ones who deal with I mean, I try to primarily interface with them mm -hmm. as well as people in my group, um, but they're the ones really through those about forty people. I think they're touching, you know, mm -hmm. a large a large portion of our church body. Yeah, yeah. So our focus today is on <coughs> community groups. Mm -hmm. Now, have community groups um, since you started last summer? Mm -hmm. So we're in twenty twenty two, and you started summer of twenty one. Mm -hmm. um, has like is your vision for community groups? different than what was already happening or what are what have you brought that might be different than people might expect? Yeah, um, I think my vision has stayed somewhat the same just in, uh, in what I think community groups are about, just uh, from what I see in the Bible. What has changed um, that I, and I knew would change would be just hearing and getting to know our other group leaders and people in the church and knowing, you know, where, where I came from in Phoenix is a different, is different than here. And so I've noticed just some things that we did out there would not work here. <clears throat> so I think contextualizing some more and mm -hmm. trying to really build um, a philosophy of community groups at Graceland that can last a long time, kind of build a road that we can run on for a long time. But I've done that. We've had to do that 
uh, now for, you know, six, seven, eight months with um, collaboration with our other group leaders. So mm -hmm. that's changed in terms of what's this going to look like. Um, I really learned there's not a one size fits all approach for it here that um, because there's just so much diversity, both in life stages. I think we have about four to five distinct life stages in community groups, um, as well as people of different backgrounds and really honestly, just like what people have been doing for like 20, 25, 30 years, I know aren't, isn't going to instantly change. Mm -hmm. I think what we can all do is express some core, some core characteristics in each of our groups, even though they might look, they might be expressed differently. Mm -hmm. uh, we can at least have those. So um, one of the things that we've tried to do is to identify like, what is a community group, like define it mm -hmm. and what, uh, what are some characteristics? And so the way I've defined community group uh, has just been um, a set of intentional Christian friendships that have, you know, the gospel at the center and that uh, where e group members are helping each other pursue holiness, so sanctification, following Jesus, so that idea. So, But I think intentional Christian friendships is a key part of what a community group is. There's a level of intentionality, which means there's commitment mm -hmm. as part of that. There's friendships. It's not just study partners. It's not just Bible study participants, but it gets to that family, you know, yeah. that family aspect. Um, and I want us to be family because we are family of God. Um, I want us to be servants because that's what we are as Christians. And I want us to be I'd uh, like our groups to be have a missionary impulse because all those things Jesus said, you know, family of God is one of our identities. Servants, uh, Jesus says, if I've done for you, do do likewise for each other, washing feet, servant, uh, serving one another. Paul speaks of being servants, Philippians 2. And then missionaries, you know, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. So I think those identities and more, but those distinct identities we've tried to distill um, and want to begin over 2022, and I think 2023 especially, begin to really implement those in really specific, noticeable ways. Yeah. yeah. And if you listen to our last episode, <clears throat> not you, David, if you listener listen to our last episode, episode Nate um, was here kind of launching his intro into his lead pastorship mm -hmm. and his vision, and it included all of those elements. So it makes sense that, mm -hmm. that it would also... Right, big church, little church. Yeah. Um, that it would take place in our little church. It sounds like you are passionate about community groups. Is it safe to say that? Uh, I would say I'm not any more passionate than I think you, maybe your average person is. I I I, I just seen how they're so necessary, mm. and not necessary. Like I've said, I said this in a sermon. Uh, I don't think they're the eleventh commandment of the Bible. You know, thou shalt be in a community group. And maybe sometimes our messaging people might feel like. I'm supposed to be in a group because they tell me to. And mm -hmm. I don't really think it's that. I think it's just out of necessity is you read the Bible, both reading the Bible, you can see it there, that church, 3,000 people, Pentecost, and then they started meeting in homes. So mm -hmm. it's just, I think, a uh, something you have to do to be the church yeah. because we can't all meet together all the time and, and obey the commandments of Jesus in a group of 3,000 or a group of 1,000 on Sunday. I also just think through experience, um, when I've seen change in my life, when I've seen... Um, hope when I've seen like God do real work in my life. The context of that has always been other people. Like it's never just been solo yeah. primarily, you know, um, now you experience suffering sometimes solo, you experience dark nights when you're by yourself and, and those things, God works in those too. But as I've seen like real change, real growth, as I look back who I was and who I am, who hopefully I'll become, I mean, you can just people's names come to my mind who have been part of that because they've been like mirrors reflecting my true self mm -hmm. 
which isn't always, you know, it's not a good thing to who I really am. Give it, you, spirit uses that to help me see, you know, yeah. change is necessary. So we need to be intentional about putting those people around us and, and that community group is a great yeah. way to do that. Yeah. I think it's just the easy play, you know, it's just the natural play for us as Christians is being yeah. in community with somebody. Now we've talked about the digital church in mm-hmm. here several times with Paul, our director of communications. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about how it's shifting and COVID might have pushed us into it, but we were heading there anyway. How does that, the digital church, like how does going digital and being more online, how does that affect our groups? And and what what are we doing about that as a church? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think that one thing that will always be true is that people, no matter how much technology we have, people want to be together in the flesh. I think that's also just, we see that in the scriptures, like Jesus came in the flesh. He didn't come, he didn't come, he didn't stay, like stay in heaven and communicate through other means. He came person to person, face to face. And that's where I think creation is heading. I know creation is heading. We'll, we'll meet with God just as Moses did face to face. We'll sit around banquet table. We'll be with him in the flesh, you know? So I think that what we do now as a church should look more like the kingdom to come uh, then less like it. So I think that person to person in flesh is always got to be a part of what it means to be the church. Just like my, I'm not content with just uh, portaling or you know FaceTiming my mom and dad mm-hmm. in Washington every, all the time. Like I want to, they want to yeah. see me. I want to see them. My kids want to see their grandparents in the flesh, and you can't replace that. Yeah. And so I think that technology's useful mm-hmm. tools, really helpful, but I don't think it's a replacement for being the body, you yeah. know, cause you, the body means you're connected. Yeah. Not just, yeah. I don't, I don't think screens can replace, can re- replace relationships. Something I've noticed that you, uh, focusing more on last, you know, six to nine months have been not a shift away from Sunday morning, but in addition to Sunday morning mm-hmm. and not addition, like you have to be in a Sunday morning and a weeknight group, mm-hmm. but there's an either or aspect, like just because you're not in a group on Sunday morning doesn't mean you can't be in a community group during the week. What has been the thrust of that decision? Yeah. So we've, we've, we're launching this semester, we're launching 10 new community groups, eight of which are not Sunday mornings meeting at the church facility. And, you know, there were like, I think seven new groups that were launched last year. The majority of those were, were, um, meeting during the weeks in homes as well. So within the last two years, we've really we really increased that. The reason for that is twofold. One, it's just um, a lot of people go to attend service and then they serve. Mm-hmm. Well, what do they do for group? You know. So um, the second reason is I think that there uh, it it just is you know works for different people. Different people need different things. We need to have different different opportunities. Really, the third reason, and, and I kind of push this up to the to the front sometimes is. I think that being in somebody's home, uh, it knocks down a lot of barriers immediately. There's just a level of authenticity. There's a level of intimacy. And um, I grew up going to church. And so when I get into a, ch- a classroom on a church building, it my psychology just changes already mm-hmm. to I'm at a church building. We're doing church right now. Yeah. But when I'm in a home, I, I probably act more like I do at my own home. I think it just psychologically takes down some barriers, and you, hmm. it, I think, t- can breed a lot more authenticity, life on life. The, the re- what you spoke to really is, um, I don't believe in adding to the Christian life or adding to our lives like we need to do more, but rather integrating into our 
normal everyday rhythms. And so that can be done on Sunday mornings. It really can be done in the evenings because you can do dinners together. We're already eating dinner. Um, you can wrangle kids. To, you're already wrangling your kids. You can wrangle other kids, gospel parent kids, you know. So you can do a lot more things together inside of a home that's kind of no, like everyday life experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, that just happens a little more natural. Yeah. Uh, if you're on a Sunday morning group, you can do that. You just have to be even more intentional to be with your people outside of Sunday mornings um, in some of the other everyday rhythms, whether it's going to the park or eating or things like that. Yeah, which is m- more intention. Like you've got to be intentional. It about really that is. Kind of you have to be intentional either way. It's just even, it's challenging with schedules. Yeah. And so in a, just taking one night a week um, to get together with people and to do dinner together, to do this, you know, some intentional conversation, parent your kids together, that kind of, it's a good rhythm, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Now you've mentioned getting to know more of the groups, more of the leaders of those groups. Um, what are you seeing? What are some elements of a group that's doing it well? And you don't have to name names, um, yeah. but what are some of those things when you hear this is happening that you're like, well done? Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> there's definitely people that I say, how do I, if I had a cloning machine, mm-hmm. I would love just to clone you because mm-hmm. if we had groups like yours, that would be amazing. Uh, every one of our leaders has a passion for the Bible. So I do like that. They, they know the Word, and they want to know it well. They keep the Bible as the center of what mm-hmm. they do. So that's essential. Um, our, our group leaders also do a great job of knowing their people. And um, the group leaders, there are there are others. Everyone's got different strengths. Uh, cares. I, I'm always encouraged when I hear about group leaders who care for their people, meaning they notice when people aren't been around for a while, they ask me about, you know, hey, have you seen so-and-so or do you know anything about this? It just means that people aren't falling through the cracks. And when I think of community groups, just an easy paradigm, I think of they major in community and they minor in content. So I don't think the primary goal of a community group is to get content across. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's included as part of it. But I think the primary goal of community groups is to foster these intentional relationships where where the authentic Christian life can be lived out in, in, in real time. And so group leaders, I, I know uh, a good number of them, we have a lot that are, they're real people persons. Mm-hmm. And so they wake up thinking throughout the day about people. When other people in the group are burdened, they get burdened. So that's just, what that's a gift that we have. Yeah. So it, it, it has a lot to do with who's leading the group mm-hmm. many times. Yep. Um, I think that's, I think that's important. Um, I also think, you know, I, I have the, wonderful fortune of leading a group. Um, I think at first it was like, I'm now I'm a former teacher. So I know saying this is maybe not good for me, but I've taken the spiritual gifts assessment a few times Mm -hmm. and teaching is not up there. Right. It's not. Uh, encouragement is, um, faith is. And at first I was like, I, I'm, I'm fulfilling a role Mm -hmm. because it needs to be filled because I'm not gifted as a teacher per se. Mm -hmm. But I think what I hear you saying is if you are considering leading a group and you don't consider yourself a teacher or you've taken that gifts assessment and you're not teaching is not up there, that's not necessarily an indicator that you should not be leading a group. And I would, uh, you know, if you have a spiritual gift of teaching, you can be a group leader. If you do have that spiritual gift, you actually have to work harder because people don't come to your group to hear your thoughts and they don't want to come hear you teach. I mean, I'm just going to say it. Nobody wants to come hear a second sermon. They, yeah. You know, that's yeah. not what we're, we're there for. Uh, and really, the other thing to that is, you know, that's we're defining teaching as somebody 
or to, or yeah. to, you know content. Let me give it to you. Let me share with you from what I know. But that's not the majority of teaching does not happen that way. Yeah, majority of teaching is modeling, and so we're all teaching our group all the time by how we do things, um, by following up, by asking how their day was. Oh, I heard you had a migraine. How's that going? What's that? you know your kid is sick. I mean that's that's teaching because that's because that's modeling. You're demonstrating care. That's that's teaching and what teaching actually is, um, not just here's content. You're an empty vessel. Let me fill you with content. That's not that's that's a small fraction. I think what teaching is. So that's what we most often think of. So yeah. So to be a group leader, you don't have to think of yourself as a teacher, like a classroom teacher from the stage. Really, you're trying to facilitate an environment and shepherd and care for people. And you have the Bible as your content. But honestly, the group I led before we moved here, I didn't facilitate discussion for like the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. Somebody else was better at it. They asked better questions. um, And I just got to step out of it. And so, and they weren't even a teacher. They just asked good questions. And I hear what you're saying. And people bounced off for that. We had good discussion and yeah, kept us on track. So. Um, I think that's, it's really important for those who are thinking I have like, there's a need that I have mm-hmm. that maybe isn't being met. Yeah. Um, here's how it can be met. Like, I think it's good to hear that we don't have to be, and we shouldn't be a consumeristic member, mm-hmm. um, all the time. Like, sure we come and we are fed. Um, but how should we, how can we serve? And maybe you're serving in children's and maybe you're serving with guest services. Um, but, but you can serve and you can meet a need, even if that need is, is your, is your own. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. um, good. Uh, speaking of needs being met, you said, um, there's a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. So explain to someone who may be listening and you don't know them, um, just some of the needs that are being met through community groups. And I don't mean like personal needs, like you're, you're sick and your group's providing you, mm a meal, Mm -hmm. but from a a needs, like I'm a single mom or I'm a a family, we're a family of 10 or, um, I work Sunday mornings. Like how are those needs being met through our, our groups? Does that make sense? Uh, so less, so like more relational needs. Yeah. Like what, um, what kind of need, what kind of, I don't want to say categories, what kind of categories of groups do we have for lack of better? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, we've got groups, we've got people that have young kids like myself, so under five, and I'm just, we're learning how to parent, and it's all new. We've got groups that are, um, or we've got people, I should say, people that are not married, and we've got people that are married with no kids. We've got families that have just teenagers. They're past the younger age, you know, in their mid-40s, and they're not, you know, they're just not in the... I got bedtimes at seven o'clock and I'm still teaching my kid how to brush their teeth stays. They're past that. They're really la- about to launch into That's adulthood. That's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, that, that ends one day I'm told. But, yeah. <laughs> um, and then you've got empty nesters who are working. Then you've got empty nesters who are retired. And so some people are tied to their jobs. They can't be gone. Others have, you know, it's just, there's at least four or five different areas where people are different life stages. What I would love to see uh, at Graceland is, is us move from, um, not just like, well, I'm single, so I go to a single group, which you can, which is great. Um, in my last group, we had 
singles. We had married with kids. We had married with no kids. We had single parents. Um, and what I did discover is that the people who were single, they hung out outside of the group already because I have, I stay in my house from seven 30 on. I'm yeah. not going out. Yeah. Um, and they're like, that's when their night is like, let's go hang out at seven 30, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I'll, I'll just stay inside my kid. Yeah. I got kids. Right. Yeah. Well, they ended up hanging out anyway. They formed community within our larger community, but I do, would love to see, um, our community groups be more inclusive, meaning for them to have a representation of more than just one life stage. Mm-hmm. Now, naturally, that's going to be the case that we just gravitate to people like that or that way. But I would love to see particularly the integration of singles and non-singles. I just think that's crucial for us. Um, I know when I was single, being with married people was helpful. Um, and I think it was hopefully beneficial for them to have a sing- have some single people around and vice versa. For people who don't have kids to be around kids, that's how we learned a parent was, was being around people who had kids yeah. and seeing how they did it. Um, and then, and vice versa. You know, I just think it's so helpful to mix the body that way rather than just really defined ages and right. right you know, and I, also when you when you invite people to your to that group, it, it's not like oh well, do you have kids? Right. Yeah, you're not <laughs> or, allowed. Oh, well, you're not allowed. Do you have kids? Yeah. Like, or another like, inflection. Yeah. Like, like oh, are oh, you, you are you married? Oh, right. you're single. Well, there's a single group. There's people where right. all the single people go. Right. It's like oh, great, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, you yeah. just it's just there's uh, I don't like that. Yeah, it's I hard. I don't like that. I get it naturally will happen, and we have really good single groups, and they like it. Um, but I also want to see more integration too. I love that. Um, not to plug our, our, our group, but, um, I meet on a group in a group during the week because most of the people in that group serve Mm -hmm. on Sundays and they serve both hours when they serve. Mm -hmm. So it's not even, they can't even consistently at least come once a Sunday because, well, my husband's Ryan, so he's on stage both hours. Mm -hmm. He can't be a part of a group and it's equally as important for him to be a part of a group. Yeah as it is for anybody else to be a part mm-hmm, of a group. Mm-hmm. Um, but he cannot do that on yeah. a Sunday morning. Like he's physically unable to be in two places at once. So we we formed a group during the week. It's not only for people who are on the stage, right. both hours, yeah. but we know that those people also cannot be in a group on yeah. Sunday. And I love going back to the, there's, that does unite us, right? There is mm-hmm. a common factor other than we love Jesus and we love yeah. the Bible. Um, but that love for for music and being involved in that music worship ministry mm-hmm. has joined them together so that when we're together, it's like we have singles and young and yeah. we have singles and a little older and we've got families of littles and not so littles. Yeah. And I think what you, what you, what's true of that group is uh, a really good thing. And, and what I would like to see and can, what can happen naturally, which is the people that you serve with, you're in community with, mm-hmm. and the people you're in community with can serve. So again, thinking back to past experiences, either we had people we were serving with in student ministry, and so we were like, well, just join our group. We're already friends. We're already spending time together. Why don't we just just do this even another night of the week? And, mm-hmm. and, and then the people that were also in our group who came to our group through relationships, maybe they had their kids were friends with our kids, was like, well, where are you serving? Well, why don't you serve in students or yeah, kids? It because, works both ways. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, hey, I get to be with my friends all the time. Yeah. And that's what I decided was if I'm going to do all this, if I'm going to serve uh, and be a ministry, I'm going to do it with people I enjoy. You know, why not? And yeah. so it did form that great, like this friendship, this family. In fact, my wife's buying plane tickets this morning to go back to where we came from to see people um, who are going through tough times, but they're all people that we served with and we're in group with. I mean, it's just friendships that have remained because yeah. I think having that dynamic is really a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Well, anything, um, 
that you want people to know, maybe what we can expect with groups in 2022 or something yeah. that we haven't mentioned yet before I, I throw a, a wild Uh-oh. card at you. Okay. Oh, it's easy. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would say, you know, if you've stayed, if you've listened this long, insider information for you as a reward. Okay. <laughs> so I would say um, one of the things that we're looking to do in 2022. So one of the things we're doing right now is we're launching more home groups. Uh, for the same strategy, same reason why we're planting multiple campuses is we want to go to people and not have them come to us. Um, I just learned this, that people, I'm more, I'm just as likely to go, um, to a, a mosque or a Buddhist temple on Sunday morning or whenever they meet as a person's neighbor is to come to a Graceland. I mean, I just don't think about it throughout Mm -hmm. my day. I'm like, I have no desire. I have no reason to go there. And I think we're, we have to realize that most, like our neighbors, don't really think like wake up. Ah, I think today's a good day to randomly go to church that I don't ever go to and have no reason to go to. Yeah. Even on Easter, I just don't think you know. Maybe Christmas Eve you might get people because it's with they're with their family. But so we we're, we're trying to plant home groups in neighborhoods and really strategically. You know, we're trying to get a few just to get them going. But then even more looking looking more strategically of like, can we get like multiple home groups in in our cities and just begin a neighborhood approach to. Um, to church. Yeah. Um, so just as kind of an outreach evangelistic. So that's why you'll hear about home groups and emphasis on that is we're looking to really have a geographic saturation, both campus in terms of multiple campuses, but multiple home groups. So you'll hear about that. Secondly is, you know, community groups are only one part of the discipleship process that we want to have here. So as I said before, community groups are, I, I just paradigm would be community, majoring in community, minoring in content. I think another part is to have something where you major in content and minor in community. So both are present, just one's more, mm-hmm. one's more uh, important and so focused on. So what I'd like to do, what we're going to do um, is in the summer, try this out, is introduce something we call courses. A lot of times people call their Sunday school, gr- their Sunday morning group a class. Uh, so I get that. That's a community group. Mm-hmm. We're talking about courses. And what a course is different than a community group. It's like limited. It's like eight weeks long, six weeks long. And it's on something specific. And so really how you know a course is successful is it's really what a course is meant to do, I should say, is to give a person the knowledge and the skill they need, uh, like knowledge and a tool, like be able to use to become uh, more like Christ. So something that's essential to become to being a Christian, that's what a course is designed to do. And you'll know that it was a successful course if before you came, or from when you, when you started and when you finished, there was knowledge and there's a tool or skill you're able to do now and demonstrate that you weren't able to do six, eight, nine weeks before. Yeah. So we're going to launch some of those in the summer. Um, only ones that we'll really start doing are if they're focused on helping us mature as Christians. Mm. Um, uh, uh, baking is a great thing. Um, baking? Baking. It's oh, a great yeah. skill, well, right? Yeah. Who doesn't it, like something that's baked? Right, but is you know, but is it essential to be? In a, can you gotcha. be a bad baker and still be a mature? You absolutely. Yes, I know some. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so there's a lot, you know, a lot of those subjects that are great that are community minded, but we're really focusing on you know, like what does it take to be a mature Christian? Uh, what are some of those just attributes of Jesus that we need to have in our life? And um, I don't think the problem in our lives is primarily we don't. Is is that we don't we we just don't know enough. Mm. If that were true, well, Satan would be redeemed because he knows a lot, but he you know we can twist it. So I don't think knowledge, lack of knowledge, is a problem. So courses won't be our primary diet, um, but they will be there to really focus on a few specific things to help us in maturity. Um, yeah. 
Love that. Well, how can you, if someone's listening, they want to get involved, want to get involved in a group or they want to get involved leading a group or mm -hmm. they have a need that they want to meet, how do they do that? Yeah. So if you want to lead a group, you got to be in a group. So that's our philosophy is all new groups come out of existing groups. So our 10 groups that we're launching come out of existing community groups. Um, if you want to be in a group, we try to make that very easy. So um, at the start of each semester, you'll, you'll, you'll hear about something called Group Connect. You'll see new groups that are starting. They'll be in the lobby. And that's just our our semester on wrap into, hey, if you've not been in, not connected to a community group, now's a good time to jump in. We're all starting brand new again at the start of the semester. Also, you can go to our website. It's being changed by the, uh, it's being changed as we speak to be a much more user-friendly. So you can pick, uh, there's gonna be four different filters where you can pick. I like, I've seen a prototype. Yeah, yeah. I really like it. Yeah, and so you'll have a group description. And so, because the question is always like, I don't, these are strangers to me. Am I going to jail with them? Mm -hmm. So we've tried to put as much flesh on each individual group as possible so that you can, it's, it's not like match.com for community groups, yeah. <laughs> but we try to make it more like, you know, these people, you're going to sync up well with these people. Yeah. So you can also go to our website and that's just a seamless way to get connected to a community group as well. That's awesome. That's great. Um, I hope that if you're listening, um, we will have David's email, right? Because if for some reason you don't know how to do any of that, we're going to email, email me, you. text me, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we'll, we'll put his contact information in the uh, description below. And I just thank you for leading that, that charge mm -hmm. because, um, groups are really important. They've been a huge, um, they've meant a lot to me. I've seen them mean a lot to other people and it, it, it I don't want to say it breaks my heart, but it's hard for me to watch someone go through life and even come to church on Sunday and not have that, like you said, intentional group of Christian friends that are gospel-centered. I always say when I talk to younger people, like surround yourself with people who love you, but also people who love the Lord. Because yeah. the people who love you are going to tell you and comfort you the way that you want to be talked to and comforted. But the people surrounding you who love the Lord, are you going to comfort you from a biblical perspective? Mm -hmm. It just it, it has such a bigger yeah. impact. We need more than just Facebook attaboy comments when mm -hmm. we're going through a hard time. Yeah. You know, to be able to put it on Facebook and people say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Like we need more than just I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Mm -hmm. And just people like you need people who where you don't even necessarily need to go to Facebook to let yeah. the world know what's going on because right. other people know, God knows and your in your close community knows and that's enough. And yeah. and your needs are being met relationally, just you're not alone. Yeah. You're encouraged just by that. Yeah. yeah. Not that I'm praying for you is not a bad thing to say. It's not a bad thing to say, but I hear what you're saying. It's like a, you yeah. want to feel yeah. To feel, um, like to know someone's praying for me and then to feel like how they love me in the flesh, yeah. right? Yeah. That's important. Yeah. So, um, all right. This is, well, you didn't prepare for this. This is not that hard, okay? Okay. I'll give you a couple seconds. We can edit out if you have to think really hard yeah. for this. So <laughs> Take a study break right? and I'll come back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is one piece of advice, either your favorite piece of advice you've ever been given, mm. maybe a piece of advice that you've given someone recently or that someone has told you recently or that you're living by, whatever, a piece of advice that that we can glean from today? Man, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is something my dad told me. Uh, I'm a natural introvert, and I knew God called me to ministry. So you may not be called to ministry, but... You might be, you know, may not know people. You might be, I don't know a lot of people here. I'm just kind of scared to be around large groups or even like we're talking about community groups, whatever. Uh, what he told me, I was about to go serve in student ministry at a church I'd barely just gotten to and I was doing student, nobody knew who I was and I was an introvert. It was very uncomfortable. And he said that um, their needs are greater than your inhibitions. 
And I just, I still say that to myself, being here at Graceland, large church, a lot of people, and I would just be easy for me to sit down in a pew on Sundays and not connect with anybody. And so I would say to, to people listening, the needs of others around you are greater than your inhibitions. Hmm. They're just, they're greater. Others, other Your needs are more important than others' inhibitions. Yeah. And so um, I would just say we fight our, fight our flesh as much as we can yep. in terms of just uh, individualized, personalized faith. Yeah. And I come in on Sundays and I leave. Like if, if your leg stopped working today, if your kidneys failed, your whole body would be affected. And Graceland is affected when we, as all of our individual parts, don't operate according to our role. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're inhibited. And we're just kind of used to living that way. But I wonder what, what would it be like if every part of Graceland body was working according to its role. I think that would be a pretty powerful thing. Agreed. Yeah. Get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. There you go. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you so much for the time that you've spent with us today um, for just your role at Graceland. Um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And for you who are listening, stay tuned for the Graceland Moments breakdown right after this. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Graceland Moments Breakdown. For those of you who are new, it's the after show. After show. We'll yes. get it. But but I, I still th- think that's the name. I think, I think, I think we're going to keep it. It's a cool name. It is a cool name. I just want people to know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. So just and five you- to seven minutes of um, overviewing the episode. Yep. Some highlights. Um, highlights from the church. Of, yeah, highlights, events, highlights from the episode, uh, things like that. I think uh, the first one was like probably 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, it was long. <laughs> but we, we had a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, 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 we had a lot of stuff to talk about. Hey, your hair um, looks washed today. Does it? Is it washed? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I wanted to see, so like my hair gets really dry. Like it's not naturally oily at all. And so I haven't shampooed in a long time because it just literally dries my hair yeah. completely out. And so I was trying to like see how long it could go with like l- like out looking like super greasy. Yeah. I went like a week and a half, like wow. barely getting it wet, nothing. And I was just like, I need to see if I even have natural oils <laughs> in my hair. And I think, uh, yeah, it actually, <laughs> it got pretty greasy. looks very fresh. It looks very, yeah. yeah. It feels good. It's fluffy. <laughs> it's fluffy. As soon as I put conditioner in, it just... Natural curly hair does that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. I can I can commiserate on a deep level. I love it, but I hate it. Like I think that's true for most people. Yeah. Whatever you got... You, you want, the, you want the other thing. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I got lucky. I don't think guys look good with straight hair. I think you need kind of wavy. Some sort of texture. Some texture. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, so we just got done with uh, a subject that I'm really passionate about. I was really yeah. excited about this episode. And I think you guys did a great job on on hitting almost every everything you could want to know about community groups and yeah. why we're doing it, what's our vision. Um, and so I was really excited about this episode because I love community groups. I, re- I have a passion for it. Have you ever met someone hesitant to, to join a, com- a community group? Like every other person. Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I think there's something I think that can be intimidating about joining a group of people, especially if you're new to the church and maybe even new to the area. And now you're going to be intimate with people who you're new to. I think that's hard, um, which I think is why it's important to um, be intentional in those relationships, even if they're not in your community group. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've felt the hesitancy mm-hmm. as well. I think, I think everyone's just so busy. And so you think about another thing and maybe it's with like quarantine and COVID and we're kind of used to doing our own thing and being at home. And, um, I don't know if we've really broken out of the, the habit of, um, 
what would you call that cabin fever or like homebodies? Yeah. Maybe yeah. even I've become way more of a homebody than I used to be um, of like, I enjoy my space. I enjoy my time, my own coffee. Like I, I enjoy my routine now. Um, and so I think when you talk about adding another thing to the schedule, maybe that's what people are, are hesitant about. I don't know. Especially during the week. But like on a Sunday morning, if you're already at church, yeah, that seems natural to me. But I, I appreciate what David was saying because a lot of people serve in my um, my Sunday morning group. It's so weird. He gave us this list, and and we were able to kind of see where our attendance was up and where it was down. And there was I could not make left or right of it. And I love data. Like I know that's a nerdy thing to say, but I I love looking at numbers and trying to find a relationship. I could not find one. Mm. But it's because. I, I wish I had the statistics, but more than half of our group individually, like if you take the people out of their couples and they're just individual couples or individual people, they serve mm. on on Sunday mornings. And some of them serve the, the third week and mm. some of them serve the second week. And yeah. so there's no rhyme or reason. These numbers don't seem to make sense, but yeah. um, I appreciated a lot of what he said. Yeah. I serve a lot on Sunday morning, so I've never been to uh, the Sunday morning version of this. Yeah. Uh, but I will give light to like a, like lighter to the subject uh, because yes, it maybe can be daunting to add something to your schedule. But I adore you my community group. group. Yeah. yeah, so like I, I love them. Um, we're all super close. Like I could not have imagined the last two years without them. Mm-hmm. Like moving to a new city, coming to a new church, it being a, a bigger church. So and you're so, you're the person that we just talked about. Yes, you're new. You're new, and yet you still entered into that relationship with people, even though you don't know them. Yeah, I had to. I I just like, uh, I think Nate says it all the time of like, there's no such thing as Lone Ranger Christianity. Mm -hmm. And uh, every time I've ever like moved or been in a new situation and in in that Lone Ranger Christianity, like I'm miserable. It's so hard for me. And um, I don't feel encouraged. I I don't know how to to look for my own life. Like I need people. Like I need people to point me in the right direction, to encourage me, to, to be around me. Like, and I just know that. And so- Um, it was essential for me. And I I think we got lucky. I think Stephen and I got asked uh, to start a community group and both of us were like, kind of like daunted by it of like, man, that's going to be like every week we're going to have to come up with lessons. We're going to have to pour into people. Um, And so it was definitely like, daunting at first, but after a couple months, I like, I just adore it. I love it. It's my favorite like aspect of being a part of Graceland. Um, and so I would just recommend anyone thinking about it, like become a a part of a community group. Well, and David mentioned we started 10 new groups. So Mm -hmm. we have, we have a lot of groups that you can, um, join or try. And we always say, if you've taken growth track, um, which I think we should talk about growth track one, one of these breakdowns, but, um, we always say, don't go to one group thinking, well, I have to choose right the first time because then I'm stuck. I, I always encourage people, go to a group, go to like three. Mm-hmm. If you have three that you're interested in, go to all of the ones you're interested in. Yep. Come back around to the ones that you really felt connected to. Um, that's Because I think that's important. I think that's another reason why it's so intimidating to start because you feel like if once you, you start, once, you're stuck. Yes. Like, And I, I say the same thing. If people come to our group, I'm like, go check out other ones. Like yeah. we have a ton. And yeah, just depending on who you kind of gel with, because you're going to be doing life with these people. Mm-hmm. Like we do like, like we pray together. We hang out with each other. We do things, uh, dinners and uh, Thanksgiving. We had a Friendsgiving this year, uh, which is super that's fun. Cool. But like you're with these people. Yeah. And so you want to like like them, have the same humor, same have the same hobbies. Like um, if you're if you're just with a group of people that you just don't gel Job with like with, it's yeah. not it's not gonna be the same so um yeah i'm not as a group leader and maybe you as a group leader like i don't get offended at all if someone no, tries I, it out i would rather someone be connected wherever they are if yep. they're not in our group if they're not connected in our group i would rather them be connected in another group 
than be not connected in our group. It's not about numbers in that sense. So if you missed Group Connect, which was um, the in-between services after church where they had the new groups and you kind of could come and meet, if you missed that, um, make sure you get a a hold of David or um, check out the website, like he said, because we have a lot out there during the week. And on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Any of our staff, like all the pastors, like they will get you to the right place because we all are pretty passionate about it. But I think that's all I got. Yeah. That's all I got to say. That's it? Yep. Cool. (laughs) Well, that was easy enough. (laughs) And uh, I hope you enjoyed this breakdown. Um, If there's something that you would like us to talk about, a question you want us to throw out there, uh, make sure you join our Facebook group page. I think that's one thing that I forget to do now that I don't have my... initial sign off. I'm signing off here. Make sure to join our Facebook group. Um, Make sure to like, save, share these episodes. If you know someone who's at Graceland, who's not a part of a community group, please share this episode with them. We would love that. And until next time, take care.